to the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Ryan Cox. Ryan is a first-year student in our full-time MBA class of 2023. He's also a dual degree student in the MBA MSDS. It's a data science dual degree, and he is a member of the Future Year Scholars Program. We cover so much ground in this interview. It was so much fun chatting with Ryan about his MBA coursework, his data science coursework, his experience at Darden so far. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here is my interview with Ryan Cox. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Absolutely, Brett. This is a uh, this is a dream come true. I love listening to podcasts on my run. So this is the first time I've been on one. Um, it's exciting to be on the other side. Wow. Okay. Uh, I have to ask, was the Experience Darden podcast ever in your podcast rotation? It was. Um, so when I was, I guess when I was, so I was a future year scholar, so I kind of already knew I was coming, but I wanted to get a sense of what the school was like. So I've listened to a, I've listened to a few for sure. All right. Well, we feel honored. It's always nice to know that maybe we were there with uh, how I built this and <laughs> some yeah. other things. Yeah. Um, it's been it's been wild to me as we've talked with uh, prospective students and current students. I mean, the idea that people are listening to these interviews as far away as like Singapore and Indonesia and places that I can I can say I have not personally visited, but it is comforting to know that the podcast has has reached people there. So that's yeah, it's cool. It's funny those two, how I built this, and then wisdom from the top. Those are my two, and then I had the experience starting one on as well. So I'm excited to get into it. All right. Well, rarefied company indeed. So, well, it's good to see you. How are things going? Uh, are you officially on spring break? I am. So we finished. I so we finished Tuesday, um, which was a relief because we just finished core. Um, you know, in the first year, so everything's kind of we're into our elective season now after after break. So everything. Uh, it was nice to certainly get get the core burden off of my, uh, off of my plate. I loved it, but, um, it's definitely, definitely, uh, a good bit of work. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that's fair. You have that post core glow, you know, you're, you're feeling electives in, in front of you. You're excited about what's to come. Uh, you've accomplished a lot. I mean, it's amazing to me. Uh, you look back on this first three quarters. Do you feel like you've learned a lot? How do I mean, how do you feel right so I feel great. I mean, I think one of the reasons, probably the prime reason I came to Darden was because of the professors and the learning experience. So I knew what I was signing up for. Um, this wasn't like uh, I was surprised by the, you know, the workload or the amount I was learning. I was excited for it. I was ready for it. Um, but, you know, saying that you're ready for it and actually going through it are two completely different things. I was blown away by the progress I saw in myself and my classmates too. Um, and then the, you know, the wonderful relationships I've had with professors have just been awesome. So looking back, I'm definitely sad core is over. I love section D um, and uh, you know, I'm excited for what's to come for sure, but I'll always hold those like three quarters of core pretty, pretty near and dear. Well, it's nice to have a section D person on here. We've had a lot of section E people through the year. I don't know why they are. Some might argue overrepresented here on the experience start podcast. It just seems to work out that way, but it's nice to have someone from section D. Uh, what's the vibe 
of Section D. If you had to describe Section D to someone who's seeking to learn more about the Darden community, what would you share? Section D is really unique. Uh, I, I don't know how this happened, but we seem to have a, we are a very uh, academic and we are very like into the classroom experience. Probably that's what our professors say, at least more so than the other kind of sections they teach. We really love to learn. I think that that would be the sort of, uh, you know, guiding light uh, for section D. We have just randomly this year, we have a lot of engineers and people with a quantitative background. So uh, decision analysis and finance were definitely our strengths, but I think section D probably has sort of the, the most, had the most, um, academic bent this year for sure, which was great. I think we had a, we had a very low key classroom, no, no pot stirrers or anything like that. We get along super well. Um, it was pretty laid back, but yeah, people definitely, definitely, uh, like to, like to engage with the material. And an intellectual crowd. It sounds yeah, like for sure. All right. Deep thinking, um, love to learn, yeah. passionate about school. What's not to like? Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, Let's talk a little bit more about you. Um, what did you do before coming to Darden? So before Darden, I was a software and data analytics consultant. So you could think of, you know, Fortune 500 company needs somebody to come in and build and advise how to create a, maybe it's a recruiting uh, portal for their applicants. Maybe it's a, you know, come in and optimize their payroll systems so that they can automate out a lot of their manual processes, things of that nature. I was, I guess the technical term would be like a systems integrator. So a lot of like getting different applications to talk to each other. And then I also did a fair bit of like data warehouse design, data analytics, dashboard design. Um, so I was involved with that for three years prior to Darden. I worked at a small firm, CapTech. I absolutely love my time there. Um, I was in Richmond, Virginia, but yeah, I was very, very heavy on the technical stuff. Where did you do your undergrad? I, I asked this knowing, I think, the answer to the question, but I, I think it's important to ask. Yeah, I rarely wear the undergraduate colors at Darden. It's a little bit of a, uh, I don't know what, what you want to say. It's a little bit of a target. I went to Duke University undergrad. I'm very loyal to my basketball team, very loyal, but uh, it's not something I broadcast publicly because there's definitely a pretty, pretty heavy rivalry. And there are, there are a fair number of UNC students here as well. So got to be careful. You have this background uh, in software and in, in data. How did you decide that you wanted to pursue an MBA? So this is something my family always jokes about me. I think I, I just love to learn and um, always have thought that a graduate degree was something that I would be interested in. You know, when I was a little, little kid, I think I thought I was going to build rocket ships, honestly. And then I quickly realized that uh, building a rocket ship is really not building a rocket ship. You design what I like to call a part of a part of a part on a rocket ship. And business always like you can get this holistic picture of what's going on and, you know, how a certain company is operating. And I always was fascinated growing up with just owning and operating a business. I worked, I, so I'm from Charlottesville originally. I worked at a local running store here called Ragged Mountain Running Shop. And I just was, you know, always enthralled by sort of the entire idea of business, um, whether that was a small business or a big corporation. Um, my undergraduate degree was very technical and had almost no business 
bent to it. I mean, it was just straight numbers pretty much all day. My senior year at Duke, I realized that at some point in order to get to where I wanted to be, which was, you know, hopefully kind of leading a, a big fortune 500 tech company, I was going to need to have some business insight and, um, being from Charlottesville, uh, Darden was kind of a natural fit, but an MBA just always held appeal to me because I've always found the intersection of business and technology interesting. And I, I didn't have any of that business background and, and wanted to come back and learn, you know, hard, hard skills like finance, but also some of the softer skills like leading, you know, leading teams and things like that. So that was really the inspiration for me. And what was it like to think about coming back home, so to speak? It was an easy decision. <laughs> I didn't really consider anywhere else. I, uh, I love Charlottesville. Absolutely love it. It is really a special place for me. I grew up here. I spent my, my entire life was here before I went to school at Duke. Uh, I went to Charlottesville High School, public schools throughout. Um, my parents still live here. I think going somewhere for undergrad was good. It kind of let me get out on my own, but I love Charlottesville. It's just a beautiful city. Um, Darden is fantastic. And funny enough, growing up, my uh, neighbor was actually the former dean, Dr. Bruner. Um, so I had always kind of had Darden on my radar, uh, believe it or not. And yeah, it was it was a really easy decision. I also, just funny side note, I hate the cold. I absolutely hate the cold. And like Charlottesville is warm enough for me that it's like, it's, you know, fine. But there was no way I was going up to like New York or Boston. I just, I cannot do it at all. I just, I freeze and I just was not going to put myself through that. Well, you'd be surprised the amount of time we spend talking about meteorology here on the <laughs> podcast in the, the important role uh, weather plays in the yeah. NBA decision. Uh, I don't yeah. ever see it in the U.S. News and World Report rankings or any of these kind of metrics that get tracked, but I can tell you it does move the needle for some prospective students out there. The idea of like, do I have to buy a really heavy winter coat? Do I have to like adjust to like freezing temperatures or yeah. will I be in a more temperate climate? So yeah. um, it's, it's fascinating to me. It's obviously one of these decisions that people make the MBA decision for so many, so many reasons. But you have these other kind of smaller considerations or maybe not so small considerations, things like weather that also get factored in too. Yeah. Um, no, I'd say, you know, I came to Darden because of the professors and the learning environment for sure, but I'm not going to say that the weather wasn't a huge bonus as well. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate that. It feels very real, uh, to yeah. me, Ryan. Um, so you come to Darden, um, as part of a program that's out there that some of our listeners may, may know about that's really targeted at, you know, college seniors, students in their fourth year, uh, final year of their undergraduate study, uh, and as well as fifth year master's students, uh, the Future Year Scholars Program. And how did this program get on your radar? So I think I always knew I wanted to come back to business school, probably from the time I was like a sophomore in college. I was, this is always on my radar. And, you know, I'd seen some things about programs, you know, two plus two programs, whatever you want to call it. And just one day, the, the Duke Career Center, it just popped up. And I, I honestly was like, this must be meant to be like, I've got to just apply. Uh, like it's in Charlottesville. I know I want to, I was like, I know I want to go back to hopefully Darden at some point, like why not just do this now and like not have to worry about it later. I was already in the, the mode of like taking tests. It was easy for me to take the GRE, which was what I took because 
at that point, I thought there might be a chance, which we might get into later, that I would go do another uh, master's as well. Um, and so, you know, it was just, it just was a great time in my life to, to, to make the, to make the, you know, application. And, uh, I just knew I wanted to go back and I didn't feel like there was any reason to wait to apply. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think that's one of the things that we've both heard from students mm -hmm. as to why they are attracted to the future year scholars program, something about going ahead and applying while you're still in school mode, taking the test while you're still in school mode, knowing that you have an MBA program in your future, you could start your career, maybe even take some chances early on, try some things out, knowing that you have you have an MBA there uh, waiting for you in oh, two to four years or so. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And, you know, uh, so I obviously found out before I started my job at CapTech, but one of the things that allowed me to do while I was there was it's actually traditional. I was actually kind of slotted to come in in more of a business analyst role and not be quite as technical as I was going to be. And I got there and I don't know that I would have done this unless I knew I could go back to Darden and, you know, have all this, you know, a great business experience ahead of me. They, they had a need as like kind of a, a more of a developer uh, role. And I had studied a lot of computer science at Duke, but wasn't like, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was like, all in on that side of the, of, of the, of the coin. And they were like, Hey, you know, we need a, a, a more technical resource. Would you be willing to kind of, you know, upskill yourself and learn? And I said, sure. And what ended up happening was that was the path for me to become a, you know, a team leader really quickly. I was a technical architect at CapTech within about two years, which was fantastic for me. They just needed technical resources more than they needed sort of a traditional business analyst. So I don't know that I would have pursued something like that unless I knew that I would be able to kind of get back into the business side of things later. Um, it was a huge benefit for me. I think a lot of the, you know, discussions I had um, from a career perspective, once I got to Dart, whether that was recruiting or whatever, I had this great leadership experience and this great technical background to, to kind of, you know, talk about. Um, which I would not have necessarily had uh, if I hadn't been admitted to the Future Scholars Program and had the opportunity to kind of take a few more chances. Well, I appreciate that. And, and you, you hinted at it. This is when you know you have a real expert podcast guest. They start sort of foreshadowing where the conversation is, is going to go. So uh, you're a dual degree student here. Um, what, what dual degree program are you, are you in? Yeah, so perhaps maybe not uh, unsurprising given my my background and what I've elaborated on so far, but I'm in the, the data science, school of data science program as well. So MBA, master's in data science. And one of the things that we always like to ask students, and we've had a number of dual degree students here on the podcast, if they are in a dual degree, how did you decide to do a dual degree rather than just the MBA? So... I don't actually remember how I got in contact with the School of Data Science. There was definitely some element of like Catherine in the admissions department being like, hey, I think you might be a good fit for this. Do you want to like check this out? But I remember taking a look at the program and being like, whoa, this is if I can pair these two fields together, this is like what I want to do with my life. I've always been super excited about uh, advanced technologies, and I've specifically always enjoyed you know, advanced analytics, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. So 
there was just sort of like a passion side. But I think the thing that really sold me on it was at some point I was talking to my family and those close to me and they were, they were like, you can't lose like part of your, part of what makes you Ryan is that you've always had this like technical, you know, they always joke that I'm like the IT support of the family. Um, you know, I got this technical side to me. Um, and I'd say that the data science piece is, you know, it's, it's definitely going to come into my career, but it's also just like a passion thing. Like I, I just truly love it. I don't really, you know, I can go kind of, this is so nerdy, but I can definitely sit down at my computer sometimes and just lose myself working on that stuff. I can do that in the MBA program too, but, um, there's definitely always been the side of me that just loves the engineering and it was just a natural fit. Well, I appreciate that. And I mean, it's an incredible program. What, yeah. 24 months, you get these two degrees. Uh, you actually start your coursework in the summer, right? Um, so Correct. you got to jump on things. So before your MBA classes rolled around in your first year as a, as a Darden student, you were already taking data science classes. So what was, what was that like? Uh, it was, it was actually, it was, I really enjoyed it. You know, you kind of get to get your, uh, I'm from Charlottesville, so I knew where everything was, but uh, you do get to get your kind of feet wet with the city. And I was all moved in, you know, well in advance of Darden starting, which was great because when orientation week gets here, you're kind of like, I know the ropes. I don't need to, you know, you're not like scrambling to get anything done. You're just, you're just able to enjoy the week. Um, the great thing for me too, was it gave me, it kind of got me back into the school mindset a little bit is something I was maybe a little bit more comfortable with because I've been doing some of this. I'd been definitely doing more technical work in my job. So I was like kind of more in that uh, realm. So it got me back into the, the school mindset uh, and, and definitely helped prepare me for, for, for course starting in the, uh, in the fall. How did those classes compare? I mean, when I think about a data science class uh, versus Darden case method, were there similarities? Were there key differences? Is it like, is it like using a, a different part of your brain? I, I ask as a real novice, having not done either. So I would say they it, it does depend a little bit on the class. Um, so in the, the first semester, uh, for data science, which overlaps with Q1 and Q2 of core, I definitely kind of had to like go shut the Darden brain off and turn on the data science brain. Cause, because, you know, I was, it's an advanced, it's like advanced algorithms course and it's just totally different methods of thinking. Interestingly, semester two for data science and then quarter three for core and, you know, quarter four are like this. The, core, the semester two data science class is actually a seminar class. It is a it is more or less a case-based class. It's data science ethics. Um, so it it's like kind of the same method of thinking. So now it's cool because you're get we're getting to kind of pair up data science and some of the you know business ethics stuff we learn in in, in core. Um, and that's a little bit more congruent. There's not as much of like, okay, I got to like shut off the MBA side of the brain and, you know, start firing up the data science side. It's, it's more, there's more in line there. So, uh, you know, it, it definitely depends on the class, but um, I, I'd say at this, at least right now, it's not as big a struggle as it was uh, quarter one, and quarter two. I would imagine that the data science ethics class, particularly in this moment is a, is a fascinating one. I mean, I feel like so, and I may not be as, close to exactly 
you know, what you're talking about in that seminar, but I'm thinking about all the issues that are being wrestled with at this like algorithmic level. If you're a social media company of like what information is served to what people and all of these kinds of things. You are so right. This is, I mean, I think there's a real, there is a really strong argument that this is one of the, if not the most important class on the data science side of things, the ramifications for society, for business, for, I mean, really the, the, the globe are tremendous for these algorithms. They can be, um, you know, they can be opaque. They can use improper proxies. They have all these tentacles that if they aren't managed correctly, really can have these detrimental effects on all these various areas of our world. It's, it's extremely important, um, whether it's in criminal justice space, uh, you know, certainly in some of the political voting space as well. Um, and even just even in like business in general, um, there's been a nice overlap between the data science ethics class and just business ethics in general that I've that I've really enjoyed. It was one of the things that was really important to me when I came back was making sure that Darden and the data science program both hit on the ethics piece of, uh, you know, the curriculum which both of them do. We have business ethics and DART and then data science ethics on the data science side. Those are really important because if you lose focus of what your business or your algorithm or your model or whatever is doing, it's very dangerous. Uh, and it can you can often become blind to what, what, what kind of impact you're having on society, which is, which is um, you know, really sad and is something that I think Certainly my generation needs to be mindful of as we get more and more of these tools at our disposal. Well, I appreciate your, your sharing that. I, it resonates with so many of the conversations we've had here on the podcast. Uh, I think about our faculty conversation series, yeah. office hours, we had Ed Freeman on, and he talked very powerfully about uh, the importance of not just a profit motive for business, but also purpose. And that you have to consider business within this broader societal context, because, of course, businesses are not just operating in a vacuum. You know, it's not just bottom line. And if you for our listeners who haven't heard that conversation, he is basically the guy for for stakeholder theory, which is the ethical framework here at Darden. And that is an incredible framework because it filters in to all of your classes, how you think about problems and how you approach your case discussions. Yeah, ethics, it feels like, yes, there is a class, but it's also integrated and woven in, into conversations you're having in finance, uh, marketing, operations, all these other places. Yeah, it's, uh, Ed, is fan- Ed is absolutely fantastic. All right. Well, Ryan, we talked about data science, and I also want to talk a bit about uh, your experience here at Darden as a first-year student. Um, yeah. And it's been a while since I've asked the podcast guest this question, but I wonder what it was like for you coming to a case method environment. Had you done much case method learning uh, previously? I think you could put that. I, I always love exact answers and you can put that at exactly 0% of my coursework at Duke or historically had been case method based. It was all like, all right, the professor's going to get it up at the, the whiteboard or the blackboard and just, you know, start writing down formulas for you. So it was totally new to me. All right. So you're saying there was a bit of a learning curve. Definitely. Definitely. So where did you start with that process and where are you now? I mean, if you had to chart your, your progress here, imagine there's some good days or some challenging days. Like 
how would you describe that art? Well, I remember the first day of class coming in and, you know, I think I kind of had an idea of what to expect, but it was like, you know, a puzzle piece and a huge jigsaw puzzle. Um, I remember the first day, you know, raising my hand and I think I got called on like maybe once and it was one of those things where I like answered the question like I would have in a, you know, in a, let's just say like a fluid dynamics class in my mechanical engineering undergrad, you know, I just answered the question. And then the professor pressed on me and I was like, whoa, like this is, this is different. Um, and then I, you know, so I, obviously I started from kind of square one where I was. And now when a professor calls on me, there's always this natural moment. I kind of turn my chair and I start talking to the class. It's no longer you're engaging with the professor, you're talking with your classmates and I think what I've enjoyed most is I learn just as much from my classmates' experience as I do from my professors. In fact, I think you can make a very strong argument. It's more. Um, that's been the biggest change for me. And as I've seen it across my section is it's just, it's more, it's become, it's become, it started that first day. It was like as about as close to a lecture as you could make the case method. Unfortunately, that's just why it's going to start because everybody's so new to it. Then by the end of quarter one, you know, it, it's really quick learning curve. We were just having a conversation amongst the class and there are experts in every subject area who weigh in and kind of steer everybody back on the on the right path. But it's really just it's really just about getting to kind of learn from your classmates experience and, and go from there. Have you found your particular value add, the perspective that you bring that maybe um, it is your expertise? I think, uh, yeah, there, there, there's probably no surprise here when there needed to be some some help on a, dis we have a class decision analysis. It's, it's pretty similar to statistics. Um, and then we had operations, which is a lot of, it's, it's very, it's actually very congruent to mechanical engineering. Whenever there was sort of a question, numerical, quantitative in there, uh, I was definitely would weigh in pretty heavily there. Um, I, I think that that was definitely my my calling was 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 on the numbers side there. Well, it makes it makes sense, Ryan. I didn't want to yeah. put you in that box. I didn't want no, to say, no, well, no. Ryan, you must be the data guy in your <laughs> section, but it certainly uh, it squares with all the other information yeah. you shared. Yeah. Well. It sounds, I mean, it sounds like you're you're in in a good place wrapping up core here, which of course, you know, section B will will always be a part of, of your Darden experience, but now you're moving moving into electives and then you'll have your your summer internship. Do you know what you're doing? Uh, I do. Summer? I do. Um, I am headed to Charlotte. I'm gonna be working for McKinsey, but I am actually gonna be in their I'm in their digital practice. So this is kind of combining the two areas of my life. And this is what I pretty much always wanted to do, actually. So they uh, have a, their digital practice is focused on like, um, whether that's like a digital product innovation or data analytics, advanced analytics, machine learning, a company will bring them in and, you know, whether it's a transformation or thinking about the future of their data strategy, those are the types of projects I would be working on. Um, so it's, you know, it's a combination of business and the data side. So it's, it's, it really is a perfect pairing for kind of where I've been and, and where I want to go. Um, but I couldn't be more excited. That's great. And uh, maybe our listeners know that, know this, maybe they don't. Uh, Charlotte is my hometown. What a great oh, place. That's awesome. 
the QC, the Queen City, the 704. <laughs> um, do you do you know where you'll you'll be in town? I mean, I ask. This is real. This is real specific. Charlotte nerding out here. Do you do you know where you're going to be? It's looking like like South End Delworth area, um, but we'll we'll see. So you know. All right. Yeah, there's just a few places for you to live over there now. That yeah. that area of town has changed so much, but it's a good town and a solid. Uh, you know, I would say a solid group of Darden alumni down there. There's so many different things you can do. It, obviously, banking is a big part of the city story, but there's so many, so many different uh, companies that are located there. So you bet, you bet. It's a, it's a growing city, and there there are a number of us going um, from my class down there for the summer, which is uh, exciting as well. All right. Well, Ryan, I wonder what you're looking forward to in, in the months ahead. Are you excited? I mean, do you have any electives that you're particularly jazzed about or things that, you know, as you look forward to the second year that, that you're excited about? So I'm going to touch on two to the two most things I'm most excited for. So the first one is not related to class. It is uh, Section D Casino Night. Uh, we are having a casino night for the section where we're all getting together. We're going to have a number of like... Uh, you know, various kind of games you'd find, I guess, we'll like poker, roulette, that kind of stuff. But it's just going to be a fun celebration now that core is finished with the section where some of my closest friends are. Um, that's been on the calendar for a couple of months, and I, that's right after spring break. I couldn't be more excited for that. And then the other thing I'm really excited for is the con- I'm, in a, I'm in a consumer behavior class with Luca. I don't know if you know Luca. Luca is... Uh, he is one of a kind professor. I had him uh, quarter one for marketing. He is Italian and he is, I mean, he's most energetic. It's 8 a.m. on the first day of, of core. And uh, he comes in and is just bouncing off the walls. He has fantastic energy, which is, you know, half of the story. The other half is he's just an absolute genius. I mean, he is fantastic on the marketing side of uh, things. And that's an area that I'm very interested in, but don't have a lot of experience in. So that's the class I'm probably looking forward to most um, as, as, as my elective. I, I like bid all my points on it for, so the way the, the for the listeners out there, the, the way the electives work is you have a certain number of points to bid on your classes. And I basically maxed out the points I could bid on this class because I was just so excited to take it. So yeah, those are the two big things that are, that are coming up uh, in the Darden sphere that I'm excited for. I think there's a video out there on the Darden YouTube with Luca teaching in class. He's like all over the place. The camera's following him. I mean, you get the energy, even though there's intermittent audio uh, and it's a short video. But like, they're like, you look at this, and I think most viewers would be like, "What's the deal with that guy? That's not, you know, that's not your typical sage on the stage, like behind a podium that brings me to my fifth point, you know, type situation." This is, uh, you know, it's a very dynamic classroom. It's my impression. He is so unique um, and truly, I don't mean this, like he is fantastic. He uses the word fantastic more than anyone else I've ever heard in my life. But the the irony or the, the, you know, the funny, the comical side of that is it's the word that describes him perfectly. He is a fantastic professor and I'm not going to try to do an Italian accent to mimic him, but he really is just absolutely fantastic. If anybody... Any of the listeners out there have an opportunity to take a class with him, or if you're lucky uh, enough uh, to get in his consumer behavior class, whatever it is, I would 100% do it. He's he's second to none. He's just absolutely the best. 
Well, there are a few classes that we hear about pretty consistently here on the podcast. That is one that has come up before, so I'm not not surprised to hear the yeah. recommendation. Ryan, I want to I want to go back a little bit in our conversation. You mentioned having come to Darden for the learning experience and the professors. Uh, it feels like, based upon what you're sharing, you found that here. Yeah, I found it in droves. Uh, I, I always knew that that. You know, Darden has fantastic professors. I had met some of them coming in. Obviously, I live right around the block from one. So I knew that I knew that, that was going to be part of the experience. But it went above and beyond. Um, they all know me by name. I engage with them outside of the classroom. Uh, so that on the professor side, that personal interaction has been great. Um, you know, I've engaged with a number of them. I think there's definitely some interest in doing some stuff uh, with the data science side of things as well. So it's been cool to kind of build those personal relationships, but I've always been a lifelong learner and I will always be a lifelong learner. And I have learned so much at Darden. Uh, I talk to my friends. I have a number of friends who are at various business schools around the country and they, they, they all, they all kind of know too, that Darden offers sort of the, the, the most in-depth learning experience. And there's no question that uh, the curriculum here is, you know, more rigorous, but you also learn more there. And it's really important for me that I, I just enjoy, you know, I just enjoy the classroom experience and I enjoy engaging with new material. So being able to have that experience through core and then moving through the electives um, has certainly just been uh, an absolute pleasure. Well, Ryan, last question for you here, and yeah. I appreciate your, your sharing so much of your story and sharing insights about the Darden experience. Uh, well, this is really a two-part question, which I think they tell you in podcast host training not to ask these kinds of questions. So first, uh, why should someone think about the Future Year Scholar Program? What, what's your plug for the Future Year Scholar Program? My plug is the Future Year Scholar Program will give you the opportunity to take chances, experiment with what you like, um, and also start planning for your, for your kind of, you know, post MBA future, just that much earlier. Um, those three kind of abilities for me were huge. I was able to talk with Darden alumni early, actually my mentor, believe it or not, that I was kind of chatting with was a McKinsey, was a McKinsey partner. So, you know, I, I didn't know that I would end up there, but <laughs> It's funny that looking back, that's kind of, you know, just was like happenstance that that happened. And like I said, it, it allowed me to take chances at work I otherwise would not have. Um, and I think it really helped me become a better leader because I was able to not be so concerned with, okay, I've got to, you know, I've got to walk this super tight rope and, and be really kind of narrowly focused on making sure I don't step out of line. And I've got this kind of, you know, clean, perfect application for whenever I apply. I also think there's something, your work, your work life can be a little bit hectic. And that senior year in school, at least for me, was like, there was time to do the application then. So there's also like the secondary piece would be like, you're in this, you're in the test taking mindset, you're in the application mindset. Like you can probably build a really good case for yourself at that time. Um, of your life. All right. Related. One piece of advice you would share with our prospective student listeners. It could be about anything. Um, ideally related to the MBA experience, but this is also your, your, your chance to maybe go broader than that. But 
most people uh, say, you know, here's something to think about on your MBA journey. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest piece was don't underestimate the experience of your classmates. Coming into an MBA program, there is a lot of sort of a me-focused mindset. What's the job I'm going to get? What's the career path I'm going to be on? What, what classes am I going to take? But what I think the amazing thing about Darden's experience, and I would just say this more generally for people looking at other MBA, other, you know, MBA programs, is think about what you're going to get by learning from your classmates and, it, and, how, you're, and how you're going to do that. It's, it's one thing to be in the room with people, but it's another thing entirely to actually engage with them and learn from their experiences. I think that if I had been at another program, I would have kind of defaulted back to my mechanical engineering undergraduate mindset where it would have been like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to go hit the books. I'm going to go take this test. I'm going to do what's best for Ryan, um, which regrettably is a lot of the undergraduates experience across the country is sort of this single contributor mindset. I think all of us who've been in the workforce know it's not an eye focused. It's you, you, you can't survive as a single contributor. You need to think as a team Darden really forces you to learn from your classmates experience and grow from it. And I think the case method particularly allows a forum for those experiences to come across and for you to find connections with people that you wouldn't otherwise have gone out of your way to do so. I'll give a perfect example. Uh, one of my classmates who sits behind me, she had a wealth of the wealth of experience and she's a, a very good friend now, but you know, through the case method, I was able to learn all of these shared life experiences that we have and, and just hear from, you know, her expertise on a wide array of subjects. I think that those are sort of the, um, those are sort of the, you know, places you need to put yourself in in an MBA program to get the most out of it, to be able to engage with your classmates and truly learn from what they have to offer, because, uh, you know, that's, that's where a lot of the a lot of the power of a you know situation like this is going to come out. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for taking some time out of your spring break to join us yeah. here on the podcast. It was such a pleasure talking Absolutely. with you, and um, hope you're able to enjoy a little rest and relaxation. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, it is always great to hear about people you know who come here with a goal. You know, they wanted to, you know, learn as much as they can, make all these connections, find this community and hear that they succeeded in doing so. So thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. And thanks so much for having me, Brett. I can't wait to uh, listen to this on 1.5 X speed like I always do on my runs. So, um, yeah, this has been a, a real treat. And that was my interview with Ryan Cox, a first year student in our full time MBA class of 2023. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.